Hello, everyone. Welcome back. If you follow us on Twitter, you probably know what I'm about to say. But for those of you that don't know the situation, Tyler and I recorded season two, episode 40 in its entirety, an hour and 20 of it. And we went to I went to export the file, all that good stuff, about to edit it, put it out there. There was 18 seconds of it. And the podcast was doing very well, listens wise. Thank you guys so much for that, by the way. We really do appreciate it. But we didn't want to turn you away with an 18 second episode. So instead, you're getting a pre-recorded episode about all things Fire Emblem with the Random Gamers Corner. We had a lot of fun doing this. If Fire Emblem was not your thing, I understand you are excused this week, but you were expected back in class next week, next Tuesday, for another episode, which I don't know how we're going to do that one either. I think I'm going to go to Tyler's house like in person since we're close. Uh, we're in the same town, but yeah, my temporary place of living, uh, the Wi-Fi is not great, and that's why we don't have like a fresh episode this week, so I might physically meet Tyler in person next week and we'll do the show that way. Because I'll be in North Carolina next week, so it just it just doesn't end. But thank you guys so much for all the support. Uh, I know this sucks, and that the the fresh the, the the episode we recorded that you won't hear was a pretty good one, I thought. But you are getting this at the Random Gamers Corner, so shout out to them. Their stuff's all in the description below. And at the end of this episode, I will be talking about uh, genealogy, the Holy War remake, because that is something we brought up on the show that you won't hear, and it is firearm related. So. Stick around for that if you want, but if not, I understand. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy. For those of you that listen, uh, we love you guys, and talk to you soon. Is there? And we are joined by the Switch Without podcast today. Guys, would like to introduce yourselves. What's going on, everybody? Uh, my name is Tyler. Joined by uh, Colby, as well as the obviously the Random Gaming Corner crew. Uh, we are we have come to collab on a special episode today to talk about uh, a game near and dear to uh, our hearts. Uh, <laughs> In but a game Col- not near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. Very. It, I was about to say it seems <laughs> a little polarizing, but uh, Colby, would you like sure. to introduce our our podcast real quick before we, uh, you know, get the shameless plug out of the way real quick? So as it, as mentioned, uh, we are the Switch It Up podcast. We are an all things Nintendo podcast, going on about a year and a half. Just put out episode eighty three overall, Man. and. Yeah, we just talk about everything Nintendo from news to game reviews. We, you know, random spitballing here and there. It's a lot of fun. We enjoy it. And it's because of that that we were able to collab with these awesome guys today and talk about 
as previously stated, everyone's most favorite and least favorite game. <laughs> so it seems to be these days. Uh, mobile. I mean, you know, being a mobile game, not too surprising. But please take it away uh, and tell the audience what we're doing. Today, we're going to talk about Fire Emblem Heroes. And we'll go to uh, go into a bit of Fire Emblem, uh, this whole series in general. And it's funny you guys mentioned that about like the whole polarizing aspect to it because like one thing I found funny that even the Fire Emblem community would say is that the people who hate Fire Emblem most are Fire Emblem fans. So it's so true. It's <laughs> it's so very true. It's like they can't just Definitely. agree. It's like nobody can agree just to like oh yeah this guy's per, uh, little pros and cons while this definitely doesn't. It's a bit funny just saying that kind of thing. Yeah. Mason, you know what I'm talking about. We've been Amino. It's Oh, God, Amino. Unfortunately. <laughs> I, I've had experience in that front, too. It can be exactly as you guys are uh, implying. Oh, yeah. But, so, people, if you haven't seen that side yet, you are blessed. Because, my goodness, that's a dark place. <laughs> but, all right. So, let's first off talk about Tyler's luck. How, how uh, possible. Is that Why what we're starting with? Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't you give your perspective on it before I, I give mine? Okay, for anyone doesn't know, like, things have been going really well. Um, things have really improved for Fire Emblem Heroes. Something has been very uh, strenuous for me before, like, they add some really good features. And I, I can't complain about it now because, well... If you just like do forty summons, you'll get like a good five star for free. And sometimes you get like a pity break or so, but I haven't having that kind of luck. But then I see I go on Twitter one day and I see <laughs> I see a certain someone's we all go on timeline filled with really good summons. I'm like, how? <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> I mean uh I don't really have much to defend myself. I'm just I, it's scary at this point. Like, it, it, <laughs> I, like every single time I start summoning, I'm like, all right, this is going to be the time where I'm like, you know, it's going to calm down a little bit, and I'm just going to have a normal, not crazy summon session. But I'm thinking about becoming a Fire Emblem Heroes YouTuber now because I feel like this content is going to be really good if I'm just pulling five stars constantly. But uh, yeah, for those of uh, we talked about this on my pod on our podcast uh, episode a little bit ago. Yeah. where I talked about how I had recently come back to Fire Emblem Heroes after being absent for for much of its uh, kind of renaissance and, and improvement phase. Uh, I did, and I believe you and I, uh, Alejandro, have talked about this uh, in the Twitter DMs as well, but uh, I got it when it first came out, and then I just kind of fell off it pretty quick. I, I didn't really get into it, and then I came back and... This game has become much, much more approachable for, for newcomers. Uh, you yeah. get free five stars out the ass. Uh, just as soon as you get up to the game, they give you two super powerful five stars for free. One was like you had the choice of the four uh, brave house leaders, or well, Lysithia as well. But uh, you had the choice of four of those, or one of the four of those, and then one of the four of the brave, I believe. Uh, Fire Emblem characters from Echoes as well. Uh, those guys carried me through most of the content anyway, and they give you all sorts of gems and 
like you know ever, since every story mission is like one gem and they give you those two five stars you just blaze through it so but yes uh, the the luck has not run out yet which i'm hoping stays consistent uh because you know i i can only imagine the pain that some people go through like you guys where you save up all these gems for for these banners and you just get it shafted on it, you know, there's just the curse of the gotcha uh, this game does not escape from at all, uh, as I've seen on the Twitter feed, but uh, yes, I've, I've drawn the ire of, of my fellow podcasters here because of my uh, <coughs> insane luck, so hopefully, uh, I'm actually hoping for it to stop so that they won't be mad at me anymore, but Unless regardless. It's just like, how are you doing this? Like, teach <laughs> me your ways of getting lucky like that. <laughs> Uh, I wish I could pass it on, but unfortunately, it's unknown to me as well. <laughs> but I still have a long way to go in understanding the game, so uh, I have been referring to uh, you guys to for advice constantly as I'm still kind of navigating my way through uh, how the game works. So, uh, have you guys talked about Fire Emblem Heroes before on this on your podcast? Like, have you had an episode dedicated to it before? A couple times, yeah. Oh uh, well. I think one was there was like there'll be like two episodes where we would like add it in as like a part two just so we could just talk about because runners like that for the game. But then I think we did have a game uh, an episode where we pretty much like did uh, focus on how much it improved and mm-hmm. it was like a major shift because I was thinking okay I think I'm gonna be giving up on this game soon. And then they added in all these features. I'm like God damn they brought me right back in <laughs> and I'm happy with that. Yeah. But yeah, the meta has changed quite a bit. Like I remember back then, like um, it was mainly uh, it was all about the visible buffs that you could see, like before battle start. Like that's all that matter. Yeah. But these days, the meta is now about like the invisible buffs. Like when combat starts up, that's when you see like what's actually going on. Cause what was that? Uh, the latest mythics uh, hero's name again? Dogger. Yeah, Dogger. Yeah. Like I I see no. I battled her before, and like I saw the buffs on her, I'm like, that feels illegal. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I, I didn't even know exactly how it worked. I just went to battles with her, kind of uh, <laughs> off the bat, since she was my first summon on the banner. Uh, but uh, I just saw like plus nineteen attack when I was, I was like, oh no, this is too much power for me to wield. Yeah, Ninja Lin. Ninja Lin pulled through though. Like I was again, she's like my. I told Mason like before, like everyone was getting it. I mean, was gonna get her like her free copy. I told him like she's gonna be. Um, she's amazing. Like if for mainly player phase, she could like pretty much take out a whole damn map by herself. If you decide to put Gale Force on her and have multiple dancers, like that's it. You're done. <laughs> I was about to say, and that I mean, I think that's also kind of an indication of how the game has changed right because that's a busted ass unit that they gave to everybody for free it uh, is so again just another way of helping new players as well in case you guys haven't realized this is probably the best time to to hop in on this game if you are interested in it because you're just gonna start flying through things uh and maybe my luck will carry over to you guys if you guys start uh playing as well and and get addicted like we have Honestly, uh, guys, get to it. 
I definitely didn't expect the the quality of the game to be honest. Like it's obviously a gotcha game, so some people are going to have gripes with that. As uh, Colby and I have, I think, have dedicated an, a, a bit of an episode to talking about that system. But uh, it's probably the most. It's the gotcha game that feels the most like an actual video game to me. Like an you know kind of like, like an actual RPG. It has a surprisingly good story and like deep mechanics to it. So. Uh, Colby, actually, I wanted to get your opinion on something because you've had this game for much longer than me, haven't you? It's been about a calendar year since I've been playing it continuously. I was about to say, have am I right in saying that you kind of like started coming back into it recently, uh, like in more force than you had before, or had you always been uh, kind of uh, grinding away at it? I'm not going to lie. At first, when I got back into it, I was playing it for the fact of, like, oh, this is a game that you know, I've, I'm invested in. I want to get all these good banner heroes. I pay attention to some of the story, but it was about the characters. I think it's about the character. If it's about the characters in any game, that's what draws you into it. Now, it's more so of a way for me to learn about Fire Emblem lore, just about the entire franchise. Because there's a lot of cool characters outside Three Houses, much to my shock. <laughs> and this and this is a way for me to learn about them, learn about their games as well, and maybe one day those games get poured to the Switch. I know a little bit about them and their backstories. I get to play them and enjoy them. All that's the good stuff. Now, granted, I still do hop on every day, get my gems, all that stuff. But it's so much... The game now is so rewarding for new players, and I feel like almost harder for older players because it's, it's so hard to get gems. I've cleared every... I've cleared every paralogue and main story quest on normal and hard, and now I'm on lunatic, and I'm just... Yeah, I get through some with these, but some I just get absolutely blitzed, and nothing I, I have no answers for. Which I feel like can turn away players who have been playing for as long as myself and you guys have, aside from Ty, who just got back into it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never going to have 300, 400 gems at once ever <laughs> again. I'll be lucky if I get to, like, 100, 150. Like, I have to really stock up and save, and it kind of sucks because you have to miss out on these banners because you have to spend your most of your time mm-hmm. getting these gems, and especially on Lunatic where it takes 11 stamina just to play one battle. You're not even guaranteed to win. So you can only do nine battles at a time. So you're, just, you have to, you're forced to play it a lot less compared to someone who is a newcomer and can get all these cooler heroes. It's a give and take, and I still think the game is very good. It's just players who have been playing for a long time, I feel, are at a disadvantage these days. I didn't have a problem about that. Very well said. That's pretty good. I mean, that's the free. I mean, that's the free to play curse. You know, like just the absolute. Yeah, I will. I will will not spend a a dime on this game. I refuse to do it. (laughs) Uh, I was about to say, the prices on this game, looking at the shop, are a little egregious. Uh, But you know, so I I definitely do think free to play is the way to go if you guys are thinking about getting this game. but I got the starter pack because that is like the best deal I saw, and also got me Brave Lynn, which is pretty sick. Uh, I did get that, but uh, that's probably the extent, you know, I, my own way of supporting the game a little bit. Uh, but I don't know, man. Like I just, I just avoid the shop tab like <laughs> like a plague because <laughs> it's just terrifying to look at one like that form of soul pack is thirty dollars ten gems like that's half of a triple a title that is <laughs> in no way worth it it costs like four 
it costs like four purchases of Among Us just to pull like five three stars in a, in a banner. It's ridiculous. Yeah, like right now with my free to play gems, just from starting the game, I have almost like sixteen hundred dollars or not sixteen hundred, a hundred and sixty dollars worth of gems of free to play gems. Well, we talked about this on Sorry, our show. Sorry, orbs. I keep calling it gems. The Pokemon Masters I call, player. I think I, 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 think I called it gems, too. It is orbs. It's but okay. It keeps screwing me up. This is interesting. I want to get your guys' take on it, because Tyler and I talked about it. As far as like the whole gotcha mechanic, not just in Heroes, but in all games, do you think there should be some sort of, if you invest money, you're guaranteed to get something good? Because all you're doing is gambling. You're not guaranteed anything good. You can get a three-star. You can get a five-star. It's all about risk and reward. You can spend $20 on the game. And that five-star focus is still 3%. It's interesting you brought that up because I, I feel the only reason people will like latch on to the idea that you, you're you actually getting something good because you're paying and you got lucky with getting a five-star is mainly because that's just the mindset of a gambler like or someone who's slowly becoming a gambler mm-hmm. because of a gotcha game. Because you don't think about the times you lost your money and didn't get shit. Exactly. You're thinking about the times you actually won something. Yeah. And it's that kind of mindset that's going to like screw you over uh, time and time again. So, personally, I think it's not something... It's not... The special summits are not something that's triggered by the money. I think it's just that you just got lucky during that moment. And you just decide to latch onto that. Which, really, you shouldn't. And just think about the negatives of... While spending money on a digital item that may not be around forever. Yeah. It it's really not worth it to spend that much money on these games. Because you it's going to be a net loss no matter what you do. The only time uh, you're guaranteed something good is when you pull forty from the same banner. You're guaranteed yeah. a five star. And yeah. that's not the, even every banner. Yeah, that's not I know, that's, on this banner that's that's not even in place. Which sucks. which is which sucks because there's so many good heroes in it that people could benefit from from sparking for. But like, I feel like I don't know. That's a mechanic. This is good. This is getting into a deeper conversation about gotcha games. I'm realizing we're kind of moving away from Fire Emblem Heroes. But yeah, I feel like we're uh, slandering it. It's still a really good game. Oh no, it's a really good game. But it. like, you know, we like the game, so we want to point out its its flaws. And it, this is also a flaw with like gotcha games in general because they are. I feel like. That argument that we that we're talking about, they're trying. Gotcha games are trying to make it, you know. I think the pity mechanic in a lot of games, like you know, Genshin and uh, what was it, uh, Pokemon Masters with the scout points, and here with the with the forty summons with the free five star thing. You know, if you invest, you know, enough money into it, there's a slight guarantee of getting one good thing. And I feel like that's supposed to like justify everything. I feel like that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to be like, oh, hey, now that this guarantee is here, you can justify spending all your money because you're going to get at least one guaranteed thing. But in the end, it's still a major net loss for you if you're spending that much money to get just one thing. Because I, I've told Colby this, and I, I just think it is so unfathomable. Uh, I don't know if you guys watch Genshin Impact con- uh, content but, or anything, I tried the uh, point. Yeah, def- <laughs> I was about to say, I, I watched the content because I think it's interesting because this game has is kind of breaking new territory in, a, in good and bad ways. Uh, and someone had like spent like over a thousand and more dollars on a single, not even a character, a weapon for a character. Like it's, 
it, it's terrifying the things that these gotcha games are able to get away with, honestly. Uh, but, you know, as long as you're free to play, uh, I think you're going to have a good time with this game. Uh, so maybe we should stop slandering it now, and I'll turn it over to Alejandro to maybe uh, give us a new direction to talk about it where we're not uh, <laughs> making fun of the, the gambling mechanics. On that last note, yeah, I tried to avoid the New Year deals, people. Avoid those. Yeah. Don't you think they're good? A dollar is not worth it, or fifty dollars, whatever the hell it is. But yeah, um, moving uh, moving on from that. Are, are there are there any units you guys look forward to being added one day to the game, or you're all you're good? Like, if you're yeah. very uh, Marth and Gatekeeper, I think are great additions because it's been a while since Marth has the, the you know the face of Fire Emblem and Rest in Peace got executed today publicly. <laughs> it's it's peace. just. It's very, I, I really, I told Tyra this, I think the fan voting system is a genius idea. And I think the community, I told Tyra this as well, like when, when a character gets their unit, they, they as a whole move on to somebody else, except for Lynn for some reason. They cannot get enough of Lynn. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> very true. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It's just like, I feel like early on, like it was three houses push and we'll get into three houses, I'm sure, later. Like, those characters get better units. Okay, now let's move on to Marth. Okay, now let's move on to, I'm assuming next is Krom's the next big one, who they want to get a new unit. I don't, I, I can't say I'm really looking forward to anybody besides Marth. I can't, I'm kind of content. All I need to get left is this legendary Edelgard, and I'm kind of set because Three Houses is the only game I have an emotional tie to. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I'll still, look, I'll still play and try to get these new units because, like I said earlier, like I just want to know more about the entire franchise as a whole. There's 17 games, and there's a lot of good characters spanning across all different types of games. So I really, I would only, I would only save up just so I can find out more about them, and what they come from. Tyler, I'm interested to hear your take because you're newer. Right. Uh, again, like Colby, fi- my only Fire Emblem game is uh, is Three Houses, so I don't have a lot of attachment to any of the other characters. But this game is uh, allowing me to kind of explore the lore a bit. Uh, even just learning what the games are called because I know there's a lot of games I don't even know the titles of every game but yeah. you know slowly but surely I think I'm starting to learn them and uh, you know really like some of the characters that have been added uh, again I, I just said that I was be, I would be saving for the Brave Banner and that's when I'm going to just spend it all I feel like I'm going to be finally free when that comes around because that's the banner I'm set on I'm just going to put it all on the line every single orb I have and then I'm done Uh and then I'll probably be in the same situation you guys are in. So maybe then my luck. I'm hoping my luck will at least hold out till then. But as far as units I'm looking forward to, obviously uh, in the Brave Banner you have Marianne, which I'm really interested to see what they're going to do because I assume they're going to give her her relic. In here. Uh, which is going to be really sick because she'll be a sword fighter, which is awesome. Blue gang. will <laughs> be a blue gang. Blue gang. <laughs> I, uh, I, always, I tried to... In, in the first playthrough of, of Three Houses, I I didn't obviously I didn't know what relics were. So when when I'm built, I'm just building my Marianne to be a full magic user, and then I get this sword for her. I'm like she can't even use this effectively now. Now what do I do? It is a magic weapon though, right? Yeah, somewhat. I think so. I think yeah, it has I mean, like additional I the, effects. I think the power increases with her magic, so you're not entirely wrong by uh, just making her a pure magic user. That's true, but at the I don't think at the time I knew that. I'm like this is a sword. I can't even freaking use this. Yeah, same here. Uh. And I can't give it to anyone else because they're just going to kill themselves by using it. Uh, but 
going back to Fire Emblem, um, I actually am. Ex- I actually kind of am intrigued for more of the story units to become available later down the line. Because, like I said, I got really surprised by the quality of the story and the characters in the story. And it's nice. I, I looked around, you know, social media a bit, and people really uh, latch on to these characters uh, in Heroes, which I was really surprised by. Um, so, you know. Different. All I already have legendary, uh, or sorry, brave Veronica, which is already one of my favorite units. I have her as well. Uh, I think we have yet to. I think we have yet to get like normal Veronica and Bruno, right? Yeah, we're still waiting on those. I was about to say, and they they just skipped over. Uh, who was Freya's brother in this in book three? Or book. I forgot his name. It. I didn't really. Fo- that's not my favorite story. <laughs> yeah, not. That's not my favorite story. But they also. I just realized they kind of skipped over that guy and went straight to. Uh, you know, Dogger in Book 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we on Book 4 or Book 5? I keep forgetting. 5. I think 5. Yeah. Okay, and then they skipped to Book 5, but uh, I saw some commotion about that. They just kind of skipped that guy, but I don't know. I I want to get to know the, the story characters better, too, because aside from uh, Three Houses, they're probably now the the characters I have most investment in, uh, you know, in, uh, in a personal connection way, so... I think like further alts for them. I know we already have a few alts for uh, the the Asker gang, but uh, you know further seasonal alts for them would be great. And I think I do want to see like the normal house students get some alts as well. Uh, I know Lysithia is kind of like the only one who has an alternate form, right? They uh, they they just don't have five stars. Yeah, I was about to say they. You have to I build would, them up there. I, was, I like some five stars. Personally, I'd like to see uh, Petra get an. I was about to say more. Petra as well. because yeah. she's my probably my favorite like house student uh, outside of the house leaders in the game. So having her uh, get an alt would be really cool. Wait, so those are the, those are the only units I'm thinking of. You didn't summon her yet, Petra. Petra. I, I have not summoned even her regular form yet. No. Oh, snap. Okay, well, yeah, good luck with getting her. Yeah, I've gotten, like, three Ferdinands, but no Petras. Ferdy boy comes around a lot. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah, coming. I, I, he's one of my least favorite house characters, so... <laughs> yes! Just, hey, my luck has to be balanced. I'm not going to complain about what I get. I literally have no right to do that right now, so... No, you don't. You know, true. considering I just posted a, a tweet with two doggers in one summon circle, so... Uh... Yeah. Anyway, that's my take on any new units that I would want. Alright, good. Mason, how about you? Uh, I believe it's... I don't remember which game it is, but I remember this guy, Wallace. Oh, Wallace, yeah. Uh, I think he's in Lynn's game, but I'm, I'm probably super wrong, as him. I usually am. Wallace. Isn't yeah. it... He, he, he's Wallace. an armored... He's a, uh, an armored guy. Yeah, he's supposed to be blazing sword. Uh, blazing, blazing, sword. blazing blade. Oh, okay. Oops. <laughs> there you go. Look, you get him, and then you like you immediately class him, like class him up in that game. And I, I don't know. I just I loved him. He's bald and he's brilliant. I was about to say he looks like a a big bald man. He looks very intimidating. He's a buff Reese. Oh, is oh that's true. I forgot Reese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I just thought of something, so I'll talk about it later. He's the only one I'm I'm hoping to eventually come to the game. Oh, and uh, 
normal Felix, like a normal version. Oh of Felix. yes. Oh yeah. yeah. We have freaking Christmas Felix, right? Um, Blue bow, yeah. Yeah, I I summoned him, and I was I summoned him early on uh, with the Grails, because like, oh crap, a bow user and it's Felix, and he complains about being in a Santa costume. This is great, uh, <laughs> and he and I didn't really have any dancers at the time, and he can only move one space. So I'm like, well, shit. Now he yeah. just doesn't do anything. Got the Christmas curse. Yeah, but anyway. And then the other character, which is my favorite three houses character, is Balthus. I want him in the game. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. None of Yuri, the, uh... That reminds me, Yuri's a pretty popular uh, fan poll selection. Oh yeah, he was in. He was yeah. up there on the popularity poll. He was sixth, I think. Yeah. None of the Ashen Wolves have made it in yet, so yeah, that'd be really cool to see them in. I, th- I think. I think it'll be a while before they get in. Hopefully, you think so. Okay. I, yeah, because they're DLC. That's true, but I mean. I mean, we don't even have three houses. We, we so. don't even have five star alts for the Asgard trio yet. Well, yeah, that outside of uh, outside of seasonal ones. Yeah, seasonal ones don't, really can't count because that's like once a year, and you're, you're yeah, you're and then you're done. Shit, I'll look for the time being. Which stuff. Right, and you've got a three percent chance of getting them. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what's good about this banner it does it does have the eight percent, which is somewhat better, but <laughs> again, <laughs> again, it it I've seen horror stories where it's just a complete lie seemingly so uh spend spend your money wisely everybody that i feel like that's the moral of this first half of the episode is just be financially responsible please <laughs> please god anyway and one else missing or you good no that's it i think i only got the majority of my favorites in the game three houses i already got by left so i'm good and then in the summer by love was so like oh, okay cool like, i got two of my favorites now but for i forgot which game he was from i think he was in fire uh blazing blade is lowen the guy with the me- very messy hair he's like a, a lancer i mean cavalry and i was thinking like i don't know what it is with me like uh rooting for the uh guys that really don't have that much impact in the story at all i was thinking like no, I want this guy to be in the game. Like he seems cool. You know, <laughs> Everyone loves the side <laughs> like characters. Yeah. Oh, makes other sense. Than, makes everything. Other than him, there's really not uh, um, uh, nobody else that I would really hope to come into the game at this point, unless other than just uh, better alts for the Asker trio. Because yeah, like as Kobe uh, mentioned, they're just seasonal. As a current being, other other than Bronca, which technically she's a Grail unit, so easier you want to build out, but she's not part of the Asker trio. No. Right, right. Um, yeah. Before I finish, though, Kobe, you're right. Uh, Blood Gang does uh, focus on the magic attack, okay. so you're correct with that. I guess uh-huh. we can finish out Heroes with this. Do you think that maybe one day they can make like a base Firemon game with the cast of characters from Asgar? I would love that. You know, I was thinking about that so much, but I was, <laughs> and I thought like they could do so much with that kind of game. Like they could, could. go on like different apps reminiscent of uh, um, other Fire Emblem games. I mean, that's how personally I would do it. Yeah, or, like like Fire Emblem Warriors. Yeah, pretty much like a that, DLC. That could be a cool thing. Like if they do make a Fire Emblem Warriors sequel, which I think they should because they should. Warriors was a good. Is a good series, and it seems like you know there's going to be a lot of other 
Warriors-esque Nintendo games down the line. I think having a sequel to Fire Emblem Heroes, then Fire, I guess it would kind of be a sequel to Fire Emblem Heroes if we're talking about adding like the Ashgar and Embla and other original characters in there as well. I think that'd be a great that'd be a great way to incorporate them in a warrior style because yeah. we just saw we just saw with Age of Clam that you can build a story within a Warriors game, and with right. all the cha- and with all the chapters you can make that like DLC if you want to or just base game stuff. I think there's a lot of possibilities there. Yeah, there's a lot of good talk about. I was thinking, damn, I should like really try out. <laughs> Uh, the Warriors games again someday because I only try I only play Fire Emblem Warriors and I have a bunch of fun with it. I get why people complain about the like more awakening uh, units than anything else, but I right. still have a lot of fun with it. Awakening did save the series. I was about to say Awakening was the big the big head honcho at that time. Like Three Houses yeah. wasn't even out by then, so oh. yeah, that's what I heard. I was thinking, well, makes sense that Awakening was like a bit more of the focus at the time being. Yeah, yeah rightfully deserved. Yeah, and now that they got now that Fire Emblem is getting like, more attention, uh, thanks to looking like it came a long way from what I've seen. So I feel like they should be a bit more confident in themselves in uh, doing another uh, Warriors game for Fire Emblem. Right. I feel like Fire Emblem is the most popular it's ever been right now, but it has a lot of good things going for it. Obviously, it has three houses, which is I think four million units have been sold of that, the highest selling Fire Emblem game ever coming off of Fates, which I think was also sold very, very well. It has come a long way, and Smash Brothers definitely needs something to do with that. Like, mm-hmm. positive or right. negative, attention is attention, and the series is seems to be capitalizing off of it. You're not wrong about that. Mason, got anything to say? Like, nah. <laughs> no, I do not. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, other than that, so since we're moving on from the Fire Emblem Heroes aspects, what are your favorite units overall from the series? Uh, Colby, you can take the wheel on this one. I've only played three houses, as previously stated. I have over... Oh, God. I, I think I've, a month of my life, I think, has been dedicated to playing three houses. That's not, I'm not even kidding. It's been a long... I've played a lot of it. Tyler? His, his favorite unit is probably Dimitri. No, it's not. What? Damn it. No. Uh, I thought I had the million dollar guess right there. Barbar- <laughs> Bar- Barbarossa Claw just hits different. The White Wyvern, it's of course. It's insanity. It, really, every unit that I'm familiar with is from Three Houses. There's... I think I think the beauty about that game is there's so much, and with all fire games in general, there's so much flexibility in between in between each character. Like you can give relics to other characters, and are still compatible. And by that I mean you can take Thursis straight off of Lawrence, give it right to Lysithia, just make her a walking nuclear power plant. Of course, it's crazy, literally I, amazing. I like Felix too. He's he's really boring. But I just like the fact that he's a hard ass, and all he cares about is like being the best, you know, soldier, knight, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. I think his his para, his um paralogs are great. His uh, conversations are great. Petra, just because Petra's Petra's awesome. Not much more to say there. She's fast and assassin has a lot of flexibility. And I've always, I think I I I voted Mercedes as the best girl in Fire Emblem Three Houses. I think she's by far and away the best healer. She is great. She's great connections with uh, Eurisa, the Death Knight. Uh, she's 
you can recruit recruit abilities off the charts with her. I just think that she's a great magic user in general. So those are some of my favorites. Again, exclusively three houses, but is the only game that I have. Uh, it's the only game I have my PhD in. Of course. <laughs> uh, I guess I guess I'll go if if you guys if we're going around the circle again. Go for I, it. Yeah, you already started a circle. <laughs> so so yeah, this. So this is favorite units like in in any Fire Emblem game that we've played, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I I was waiting for confirmation there. My bad. Uh, okay. cool. Yeah. Again, three houses, but I mean, it, far and away, I think Petra is my favorite unit uh, out of three houses. Uh, not heroes, but still, just in, I just can't get over the fact that one one playthrough I made her my dancer wielding a sword, and in my next playthrough, I put her on a wyvern with Thunderbrand, uh, and it was just a completely different playstyle, and it was super fun, and she's just so fast, so she just gets four strikes on, like, everything, and I don't know, it was just really cool to experiment, like, she was the one unit that I decided to take, like, a few risks with to, like, kind of branch out and make her different in my subsequent playthroughs, uh, and then how if we're talking and then heroes since I'll do one for houses and one for heroes since I've only played two games, uh, Dogger has quickly rose risen the ranks to become probably the favorite unit I have in my arsenal, just because of how she can just move units insane distances if you pair her up right with dancers and such, uh, and the fact that she literally turns debuffs into buffs and gets double digit uh, attack buffs every single turn. So uh, those are my favorite units. Hopefully, uh, seeing as how I'm now a lifelong Fire Emblem fan at this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, uh, hopefully there will be more in the future when when more Fire Emblem games uh, come out. Mason, I think I, I don't know your favorites, but like tell everyone Hell yeah. thirty favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so branching out from three houses, my favorite character in both of Heroes and just in general is Navar. Just his, there's just something about him. He's like he's he's a quiet guy. He doesn't talk very much. When he does, it's like very little, and it's usually demeaning. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Like, like he's just like, get out of my way, or you're wasting my time. Mm. He's he's just a badass, especially in uh, heroes. Like I've made him a a damn G. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! If, if it makes talking, if it. If it makes Alejandro scared, then damn, I should be shaken too. <laughs> not scared, but like I respect the hell out of his unit enough to know that if I if Olivia was like any lesser of the bill I gave her, I know she wouldn't survive at all. But oh dear, go on. Uh, we're going into three houses territory, which is the only other game like I've majorly played except for uh, Mystery of the Emblem was. Felix. I, I just love mercenary characters. I don't know. Just Felix. And then we're talking about our favorite females. Uh, Shamir is mine. I, I, love, I, love, I, love, I love her too. That, that is not a bad pick. She's insane. I love how like, just deadly she is. She'll double a lot. She'll crit a lot. She's just she's a badass. She's just good. And that's off with the mercenary type characters. Style, I will, I guess. I'll never get how you guys like Felix, but I'm not gonna <laughs> slander your picks here. Listen, Aegis and Sword of Maratha, it's a rat. Yeah. 
I don't think I've ever gotten the Sword of Moralfa because I never wanted anything to do with Felix, so I never got it. Yeah. <laughs> three You're three houses is three houses is weird because like so much of the things you want like story wise and gameplay wise you have to go out of your way to find. Like, like you literally have to go talk to Edelgard in Chapter Eleven to even get the option to side with her once the war comes. And you like, like talk. You just like you that. Don't, you just like, like that. yeah. How you gotta like kind of work to go with her side instead of like you know it should be the other way around. So like yeah. work to go to the church route. But my bad. Go yeah. on. I don't know. It's the only it's the only times where that screen pops up where it's like this decision drastically impacts the story. Like they don't give you enough of those choices in that game. And it's again very small gripes. I think Three Houses is an amazing game. I have it rated in the nineties. It, it's just stuff like that that kind of like is like oh this doesn't really make sense, but. You know, you find you. That's why you multiple playthroughs. That's why you multiple routes. You get to experience all of it eventually. Mm-hmm. Tyler, you know what I'm talking about. Because you play Black Eagles. I've never finished Black Eagles route yet. Like 270 hours in, I've never finished Black Eagles. You better. I'll I, say it's the hardest route out of all of them. I, I'm, yeah, I'm halfway sure. through Shortest it right now. Damn. I think I'm. I think I'm right before the time skip at, at the moment. But I don't know. Like I just was like. Black Eagles is my least favorite house. Like, if it didn't have Petra, like, I recruit Petra out of that house and every other playthrough because she's the only one I really like. It, yeah, the characters aren't great, but the story is just—it's so good. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've I've watched the story. I know what happens, and I, you know, I've educated myself on <laughs> on the the antagonist of the church. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's just after I after I play Golden Deer and Blue Lions first. And then I get to Black Eagles. I'm like, man, this ain't as good. I can, I understand. I, I understand <laughs> this isn't that. as good. I, under, I, I understand <laughs> that. I understand that because I think I, I, it doesn't. Even, it doesn't even feel right saying this, but I think Aelgard's like the least interesting of the three, and she's a really good character. I just find her to be the least interesting. I think her character's. I think her character is good, uh, just from a writing standpoint. I think. Because there have been, I'm sure there have been essays talking about, uh, you know, her view versus the church view, and I, I think she mm-hmm. makes compelling arguments about it. I have had arguments with my girlfriend about <laughs> if Aelgard is a good character or not. Like we'll just be driving our car and we'll be just, try- <laughs> we're just trying to. T- I'm trying to tell her like, okay, yeah, I don't like her personally, but I think she's a good character. But yeah, I, I think that's, I think that makes the character good because she, she provides some compelling discourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, even among fans, uh, being Fire Emblem fans, however, sometimes it gets a little heated. But uh, yeah, it's like I feel like Nintendo has a lot of those series where the biggest haters of the series are fans of the series. <laughs> I feel like Pokemon can be said for that. Smash and Fire Emblem all kind of go into that. Uh, I think Mario's immune from hate at this point. I think he's kind of arisen. I mean, he he's is dead. dead. He's dead now. So I'm not sure what. We're only gonna remember the good. We'll only remember the good of Mario, a la not three all-stars. No. But anyway, anyway, man, I'm just the tangent king today. I'm going off topic at every <laughs> single opportunity. Uh, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. That, that's we're everything I have to say. We went from a favorite units in any game to an Edelgard deep dive. To Mario die. <laughs> to Mario die. <laughs> All right. I'll let you take it from here. I'm the opposite. I actually played Black Eagles first. I did, too. And- so I liked it the most yeah. out of all of them. I don't like Golden Deer at oh, all. Fuck. 
I don't oh, like Claude. What? I don't I don't like Claude at all. Damn. Claude's, motiv- yeah. Claude's motivation is a little weird. Like yeah, after I looked at yeah, it, I could agree with that. It, it's it's kind of hard to understand like what he really wants uh, after like reviewing the story a little bit. I think that's what I think that's supposed to be part of the character though. Yeah, I mean he's a schemer. He's kind of like you know, oh, what am I gonna do? But I don't know. Like looking back, like he's charming, but like I'm just following him because he's a cool guy in general, not because I really know what he wants. I guess you know. I think he's a great leader, and he he's the, he leads that house like that territory like obviously the best because his character's built to it. But I oh, saw yeah. something interesting like Yuri is the character they want you to think Claude is because Yuri's a lot more cutthroat, and they big Claude out to think he's like cutthroat and like a, they're both like schemers. There's that one little conversation they have in the in abyss where they're like talking back and forth like oh we're gonna get along but yeah yeah yuri is way more cutthroat and much more of a you know my way or the highway guy whereas claude mm. i think is much more like passionate he obviously cares about people a lot more but yeah i guess thinking about like winning like why wouldn't he just leave in the first place like you can just you can just go take the throne in Almira and just wage war on fodlin and win that anyway there's a lot of ways to do that yeah I mean, my girlfriend also doesn't like him because as soon as, like, you romance him, he ditches your ass and goes to Almira. Like, he just leaves you alone in Fodlin. <laughs> she's, she's like, what? What the? Like, she was devastated at this. <laughs> but I also think all this about him gives him the best pop chance. Like, if we're ever going to go back to that, like, land, Fodlin, Almira, like, that's, he's the best chance for a sequel. I think so as well. Because uh, Dimitri kind of like accumulates everything into Fargus, and then literally dies. Like they'll <laughs> tell yeah. him he dies. Uh, and then Edelgard obviously is the pseudo villain. Unless Edelgard wants to take over the whole continent. I was about to say unless, unless Edelgard cool. takes over, that'd be pretty sick. But yeah, what do you? Because Colby and I have actually had some had some conversations about this, and if we're gonna go on another tangent, it might as well be me that brings it up. Uh, what What do you guys think about a possible Three Houses sequel? Like I think this that would be a first in Fire Emblem, right? To have a direct sequel to no, it. no. Oh, wait, no, that's Path wrong. Of, Path of Radiance and oh yeah, that's actually wrong because I know. Th- sorry, there are a few because I know like there are a few characters that are successors to other characters in the timeline. Never mind, that's a lie. A... What do you guys think about a Fire Emblem Three Houses sequel in general? I just don't know where they go. It depends on how they do it. That's when I I would love to see a sequel, but I just it depends on how they would do it. Is what I'm just going to be like a bit hesitant on. Yeah, I agree. Just the the multiple paths, like, I think that's a little too... Personally, I do think that's a little too risky for a sequel. Because if you choose one path, you're going to make a lot of people angry who chose the other paths in their playthroughs. Unless they decide to do... Unless, decide, um, unless Nintendo decides to be just a... Be a bunch of goofballs and make it a freaking spinoff for the gatekeeper and his adventures. Then oh, dude. I would definitely love that. I would totally talked about a prequel. Oh, That's, that'd be good. Yes, we have talked about What's, that uh, with the like conflict. Hilda's brother and all that. With yeah, with Gerald, Hilda's brother. Uh, you kind of get that with the DLC, but much more like expanded on. Yeah, it's a bit. I mean, I I reckon they could even go farther back, like with the arrival of the goddess, uh, you know, Sothis, and you have the those who said they're in the dark, the Agarthans versus yeah. the Agarthans versus the. Uh, they have a name. I don't remember what they are. The followers of the goddess versus. Uh, Versus the Agarthans. Uh, I think that would be cool, but 
I think Nintendo uh, is. I think we're gonna get a, like a brand new Fire Emblem game as the next big Fire Emblem thing that comes out for the Switch. Yeah, we don't even know what it is. Yeah, because I assume that years. there will. I assume that there will be another Fire Emblem on the Switch. At least I hope so I with the success so. of Three Houses. But yeah, I mean, Three Houses turned me into a an absolute uh, rabid fan. So now I, I just cannot wait for the next thing to come out. So I just figured I'd ask you guys about that since. I know a lot of other people are probably thinking about, uh, you know, with Fire Emblem Three Houses probably being there, a lot of people's first Fire Emblem games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might, you know, entertain the idea of a sequel. So I thought I'd let you guys talk about that. Again, I'm just hesitant, but I would love it. But if it is more like a prequel, that oh, here's an interesting, interesting kind of prequel that i know mason would love because he's been wanting this kind of uh fire emblem game for a while but like where you're like the villain and it's all about nemesis yes how he takes out all this like his journey right right we could i was about to say a nemesis backstory would be really cool because i assume he was like a regular dude at one point right he was they said he was yeah. a regular person before it was like anakin he got yeah. turned to the dark side you know and you know it was kind of cool how he had like the split legacy like he was like king of liberation but also like what was it like king of thieves or something yeah as well uh it, it's cool that his like legacy split I, that would be cool seeing nemesis kind of you know what he was up to before those who slithered in the dark got to him my he only became a mercenary my only reasoning against it and it's because he only is relevant in one route you only yeah, ever cool. fight against yeah. him you only ever learn against him in golden deer which makes no sense it should yeah. be in black eagles it should be in Black Eagles. You go yeah, fight Nemesis. And I all feel that like stuff. Black Eagles is cut short because, you know, they Budget still need to go and does. kill. They still need to go and kill those that are in the dark. You they know, just, I don't think they did that for Blue Lions either. No. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's not. I don't know. It's not the end bad guy every single route. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool that they don't have the same bad guy for every route or the same sort of thing. But I do still think like every route should have like okay, we're gonna go clean up. You're allowed. You're going to play the section of them cleaning up those so they're in the dark. Yeah. I feel like every I feel like every route's different enough because okay, so the final battle in Black Eagles is you kill Rhea. If you go straight to fight the Agarthians, that that works. You kill Edelgard and um, he- Hegemon, Is that how you say it? like Edelgard? Like when she transforms you, you kill, like, like yeah, I was about to say you kill Edelgard powered up by those who slid in the dark. Yeah, and, the, and even in the battle, like the, those who slid in the dark, they retreat if you kill like their elite guy. So maybe you pursue them, and that's how Blue Lions ends. Golden Deer, I think, wraps up perfectly. A big yeah. reason why it's my favorite route. I think it's fine. You know, what do you think of Claude literally leaving four seconds later? Whatever, and. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about. The, I don't even know what to say about the church. Wow. Church. Yeah. I, don't even know, I don't even know what to say about the church route. It has so much potential, but it just falls short. Yeah. I, I actually like Seth as a character. I mean, you know, Seth and Flane were really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like them a lot, but they just cannot carry like the story, like the like the house leaders can. I also wish that instead of the Black Eagle students coming back, that you just got to play with the Knights of Saros. I thought that would have been awesome. And you, that's just your fourth. That, that's just what you have. Yeah. Should have done that. That would be cool. Cause that, what, that, you, that haven't, you have enough, right? You got Shamir and No, and you have to, you have to, if you choose the church route, you have to manually recruit the Knights of Saros or they won't be there. Only Seth and Flane will. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. I was just thinking about, like, would you have a a strong enough force See, if, so, that, if that was all you had? Because you have Manuela and Hanneman. 
Professor. Set up the plane. Uh, Violet, obviously. Shamir, Catherine. Shamir, Catherine. Gilbert? Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gilbert. Aloise. Aloise. You have nine. Yeah, you have nine right Yeah, you have a lot. I didn't realize that there were that many. And then since it's Black Eagles, give like a chance to recruit them after you beat them. Like, how you do some characters? Yeah, like, how you doing something on Deer? Or not Black Eagles, yeah. That's something that I thought there would be more of. Like, you can recruit characters after you battle them. But to my knowledge, it's only like two. It's like Lysithia and Lawrence, but that's it. Right? Yeah, and you can spare Claude instead of killing him, but you can't recruit him. Which yeah. that would have been something. If you could recruit Claude in Black Eagles. <laughs> that would be wild. He does give you his bow, which kills you if you use it. So I don't... He, some gift, no, Claude. He, he only gives you... Bylos can use it. Huh? I think Bylos can use every hero relic. Yeah, Bylos can use every yeah. relic, and he only gives you that in Blue Lions. Bylos can? Yeah. Bylos, I think Bylos is compatible with every relic. I never knew that. I thought Smash was just exaggerating that. No. Which it, which would make no sense because Edelgard is the same crest that he does or she does. So shouldn't she be compatible with every relic too? I don't know. Oh. Maybe it's because he oh, like right legitimately there. has that yeah, like goddess heart, part of it. Yeah, the it. heart yeah. of Sarah. So this is probably like, yeah, I got you. Huh. I don't know, Three Houses is just it's so interesting because they did the same thing with fates where you have the three paths but you need to buy like each of the paths like good god that's a horrible idea <laughs> yeah wasn't it uh i actually already forget like what I, the... I don't even know the name of what the name of the path what are, it all but... was anyway three houses birth, is birthright conquest and i don't remember that. oh yeah because you had birthright and conquest and then you those are like the non-canon ones and then you have a third separate one which is, which canon. is the canon one which is this doesn't make sense well, that's a good question. What's the most ca- what's the most canon path in Three Houses? I mean, I feel like that kind of goes into the sequel talk, right? Like, whichever well, one is most canon. Well, maybe. I don't think I don't I don't think there's a definitive answer. I guess not, because there are a lot of story arcs in every single route that are left unfinished. If they did what we just said and made the church the Knights of Saros, and you that that's obviously the canon route, but. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. It'd be a great almost, anime. We're, where literally almost everyone dies. It's a rough, man. It's rough. I don't know. I, I argue that Golden Deer is the most canon route because it really wraps up the story the best, I think. The main story. You know, you you tie up the Agarthans and the war with Edelgard all in one nice little bow. And I feel like those are the two main big plot points that needed to be addressed. And Golden Deer does it. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for the route where nearly the most units live that i think that would be blue lines but yeah, for me for sure. I, yeah 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 but for like the t- tying up the story kind of thing it would be golden deer but yeah i found find it crazy that the blue lines one was the one where you could say like the most units because you know that's like kill every last one of them yeah <laughs> blue, blue, like, blue lines like, yeah. is by far the best story it's not even close i think I think that's true. Like the best character story, yeah, I think is not, Blue Lion. It's all about Dimitri, but it's just that good. Yeah, it's all about Dimitri, and to a lesser extent, like you know, Dudu and the tragedy of Dusker and Ingrid is in there too, and Felix and Sylvain. That it's just a, such a tight knit group that the Blue Lions, like they all have known each other for their yeah. almost entire lives. So. It makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. It, it makes it makes a very it makes for a very intimate story when you finally you know get to the end of it. Uh, Wow, I learned a lot about Three Houses today, and it's it's supposed <laughs> to be one of my favorite games of all time, and I you didn't need even to know play this. Play Black stuff. Eagles. 
Okay, okay, I'll finish Black Eagles after I finish Monster Hunter. The final two battles are hell on earth, but it's worth it. I've <laughs> I've heard, I've heard. Don't no, worry. Oh my god, it's horrible. And then you gotta watch like the eight hour documentary that Phoenix Master made about three houses. No, I'm just kidding. It's not eight hours, no, but Oh no, that's like a lot great, of actually. essays that he made or I think I think I him or someone else that really goes into the lore you wanna like keep learning more and I'm just thinking like that might, be, that might be my next project with over 600 hours played. I might make a documentary. Wow, that would be interesting. <laughs> that could be our that could be our uh, our first step into the YouTube. I'm gonna space. write my I'm gonna write my thesis on the lore of three houses. <laughs> your college your college thesis is gonna be your lore of three houses. Why is this a thousand pages? Trust me, it all makes sense. Trust me, it'll all make sense in the end after a few days of reading. <laughs> so, what's everyone's favorite route? <laughs> Oh, black favorite Eagles. route. That was a pretty quick Black Eagles. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, yeah. Golden Deer, Tyler. <sighs> it's so hard between it... Golden Deer and Blue Lions. But I'm going to say Golden Deer. As am I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It's just. It was my first route, so I had that nostalgia, and also it was just damn good. You, you got God Shattering Star. The music oh, in the hell yeah. I, I think the music is a huge part of the quality of the routes. Oh, I'm glad you brought the music. That reminded me of my next question. Like, what's everyone's favorite individual battle? Oh yeah, that's right. Because we we did like a, a little tier list way back when. Episode about... th- episode three, I think we. <laughs> yeah, we list. did a we did a tier list. Eighty Not necessarily t- a, a ranking of our favorite like individual battles in that game oh i just know that the battle where between heaven and earth started playing huh? oh my god oh the war grander <laughs> oh yeah of war grander that that soundtrack oh my god it's so it's, it's amazing it's great man it it's on another level like yeah when I, yeah when i heard between heaven and earth I'm, i i started like toe tapping in my room like oh my god we're gonna slaughter these people <laughs> oh my god so i was about to say it, it's it's real now and it just you know every song in the game is uh we talked about this this is a joke between us what's the banger central called? what's the main theme called again uh oh yeah <laughs> it's um edge of dawn oh yeah every song it has edge of dawn in it somewhere is our is our joke the last but, song is literally just an edge of dawn remix um uh, apex of the world yeah I mean, I don't know. I think the uh, I think the War of Grandor would probably be my favorite battle, personally, because it's it, just it's mine too. But one that's really grown on me is the when Edelgard first infiltrates the monastery and you have to defend it, or you fight with her. That's one that's really kind of grown on me throughout time. Right, right. Because that was actually really cool. Because Roar of Dominion. Oh my God, you you and I didn't really understand how much the story diverged. Uh, but then, like, you told me about how you were attacking the church yeah. and I was in Golden Deer, and I was like, oh, I just did a battle where I'm defending the church. Oh, you're on completely opposite sides in that battle, depending <laughs> yeah, on, you what, are. on what route you do. So I thought that was pretty cool. How about you, Mason? I don't really have one. <laughs> uh, I don't pay much attention to music and stuff. I'm usually listening to Spotify when I play games. Hey, what? That's, that's uh, fair. That's fair. Uh, oh, okay. hey, we have our, our taste. <laughs> I will say, since you're a, since you're a, 
since you're a Black Eagles fan, like the tail team planes, that's tough to top. I can't at all. <laughs> like, I it's know. been so long since I've even played Three Houses. I don't know. That's true. I, I I'm having I'm having a hard time recalling everything as well. There's just like so much gameplay. Like what? Yeah. Is there... I, I think do the... like yeah. Go ahead. The Black Eagles battle where it's when you uh, spoiler alert. I guess if you, uh, <laughs> you go to kill Dimitri. That's the tail team points. Yeah. Yeah, it's tail team points. You fight Sylvain to do Mercedes. And Dimitri, Saros. and then Rhea comes in. If you if you don't complete oh, it in Saros, a certain amount of time, right. Saros comes in, just absolutely beats the fuck out of you. If you don't, <laughs> you just run right to her. She, com- she comes in real quick. I always put my guys over there, like in preparation oh, yeah. for her to come in, and yeah. then just quickly take her out, and then all of her forces retreat. Yeah, I do like Good the time. I, I do like the tower battle as well uh, when you fight feel, uh, Sylvain's brother. When you learn about time. the relics, yeah, yeah. When you that your first uh, demonic beast encounter, I thought that was cool. You first that's where you first learn about like how enemies can appear uh, like at random points in the map. Yeah, uh, you can just spawn in new enemies. Uh, and the one since I have such a poor memory, the battles that are the only the battles I like are usually the just the ones I remember doing, uh, <laughs> and. The one that I was remembered. This is a DLC battle, actually. It was when you first, when you're underneath the monastery bridge, and you, you this is when you first get the chalice. In constant, in emo constants. Yeah, in emo constants, and you're and you were com- you were bombarded by like the golems. Oh god, that sucks. <laughs> That's so yeah, hard. It was hard, but like, I liked it because it really, you know, I liked it because it was challenging. That. Uh, I had a really surprising tank in Linhart because it was magic damage, and he, I just kept him far away from my other units so that they all just kept trying to pummel him with light spears, and Linhart was just totally fine. Uh, but I think I also... I don't remember. Do you only have to turn off, like, the one generator? Yeah, just one switch. Okay, because I did... I, I chose the other two wrong ones I, that was why I did it before first, I got to the right one. And I was like, God damn it. Yeah, and Guard's like, in the ballet, he goes, like, Claw, something you do. He's like, damn right. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, anyway. It has been a while since that's... Now you guys are getting me hyped up to play Three Houses again, so... Makes me want to play it again, yeah. It's such a good game. It's, I'd argue now it's the most important game in Fire Emblem history. I'd say so. I'd, I'd say that's, that's fair enough. You know, right up there by Awakening as well. Yeah, for sure. I got qu- I got asked though because I forgot I didn't uh, put in my favorite units, but I want to like ask you guys quickly: uh, Were you guys able to try out the um, Shadow Dragon Blade of Light emulated game on the Switch or no? No, no I, I thought about picking it up, but I had more pressing matters at the moment. I understand that. All right, got you. Ty's been preparing for Monster Hunter for years. <laughs> uh, that that is. Admittedly, very true. But so, so what are your favorite units, Alejandro? Like yeah, in yeah, Fire yeah. as a whole. My overall, of course, it's gonna be Elwood from Blazing Blade. Actually, it was him like over Lynn and Hector. I got him early well, on. He's a he's a beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll say from my playthrough in Shadow Dragon Blade of Light, definitely Marv. Like once you like max him out, that boy can take on like nearly everybody. 
And if you got like a good healer to like back him up and make sure that the healer doesn't die while, well, while he's battling, he can take on anyone, nearly everybody by himself. If you give him like some crazy uh, defense boosting stuff, because uh, I gotta remember in the in the very first Pyrelon game, there was no weapon wheel, so it's all about just having the better weapon in general. So he definitely was one of my favorites. Um, George, the, the one that starts with a J, he was also like, he's like a great uh, sniper in that game as well. Like my goodness, like he could take on the other snipers while like barely get on with just some health. But I still that's pretty badass just to see this guy taking on those kind of units by himself at times. For three houses, uh, why they make such a good game where they have all the characters <laughs> nearly being so good? I mean, that's the first sure. game where you can make every character every class, right? Am I yeah. right in saying that? Okay, yeah. I figured. I think, uh, yeah, so that's why it's like hard, uh, harder to say because if everyone like had their bit niches, it would be easier to say. But mm-hmm. first of all, I know that Marianne's like one of my favorites because oh, um, yeah. yeah, great character. I think I kind of like resonated with like how she was feeling. Like, I'm not sure you guys like uh, know her supports. Yeah. Oh yeah, we do. Especially with Byleth, like how she um. It's just like a bit person. It's like a bit of a personal story uh, that I can relate with, cause like how she wished for like the goddess to like take her away, but then like realized her worth and like realized she has friends and doesn't want to look back to the past anymore. She want to look to the future. Like I was like, damn, that's freaking, that's freaking good writing right there. Oh yeah. And for the others, I guess I'll start saying general stuff just to make it easier and not take it too much time. But for Raphael, I think. Right. Yes. Not even cared about his Bro. growth. Yes. Because he shows that I know that everyone will say like, oh, he's a lot. Like, oh, he doesn't really do much. Like, I can see that part of his character, but at the same time, I see that he's also mature. Well, and his little bits uh, here and there, like how he's telling Eggnog's like, you gotta like move on from that. You can't just keep sticking to the past. And I was thinking like, quipping little bits. Like, yeah, <laughs> essentially tough love. But. Yeah. Yeah, like I was thinking, like, huh? I don't, I don't usually see that uh, version of him that much, and I think I just appreciate like how he uh, sees the other side of things from time to time. And if most people will be thinking that he's just being stubborn, or maybe they're the ones being stubborn, and I don't know, it's just like a little interesting thing to like point out about him. Oh man, there's still so many characters. I like how. I like how the rest of us talked about how well each unit could absolutely just murder everything on the battlefield, and Alejandro's like, man, I really like this. I actually really like the character as a character. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Make, makes us No, it makes us sound like heartless monsters. No, well, no, that's just a testament to the writing of the game, because the, every character... You every can, character is you can, re, you can relate to... There's, not, there's no one character you can't relate to. Like, everyone in some capacity can relate to some character in that game, and that's just why it resonates with me and many others, I'm assuming. Thank God you love Raphael, because Colby oh, and I have been God. head-to-head on that. I just saw that right now. I was thinking, like, oh, this is going to Raphael is carried by the War Monk DLC. Without that, he is absolutely dude. No benched. way, he's so strong, dude. Nope. He Sorry. was as strong as my Byleth on my first playthrough. You, so good. you, because you went out of your way to do that. <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> oh shit! I, I really did not do what you're, what you are saying. <laughs> but I'm At accusing you. I'm accusing you of. It. Yeah, the, these accusations are wrong. He's just so strong. Anyway. Well, in his perspective. I'm just... <laughs> 
And, and his character, and, and of course, his character is good as well. Yeah. But he can also kill people really well. <laughs> oh, um, no, I can't think Claude. Ironically, like at first, Why? I my favorite. <laughs> I can't say Claude because at the same time, I just feel like I can't know more of his character enough. But I do admire um, the relationship between him and Violet. Because he shows that they're a little more... Okay, that's... I'm pretty much saying a favorite explanation now. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. he's pretty much like doing like a little... He's showing that more of a vulnerable side to him. And saying like, hey, I know I could be doing this kind of thing, but I feel like I can't do it without you being there. Like, you don't see that kind of trust um, when... He, um, you don't see him being that trustful with like the other uh, characters. Like, he's always going to be showing that little bit of a front... Mm-hmm. Until like later on down the support line, but with Byleth, like a straight up, uh, straight up, hey, I trust you, and I just want you to be around. Especially like, and even during, um, I think in all three routes, during the dance party scene, he would still pick out Byleth to yeah. dance with him. Yeah, the, an- the anime cutscene. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I I noticed. I wish they had more of that in that game. Those cutscenes are so good. Those cutscenes are beautiful, dude. And they're so good. I don't know what people are talking about. I love those. I don't know why. They're so good. Yeah. The only one that kind of rose me the wrong way is that I think Golden Deer and Church have the exact same final cutscene, whereas the Golden Deer doesn't really fit the mantra of the story. But regardless, that, that that's not points off or anything. They're just still so good. Also, I'm sorry. I completely forgot about how crazy it is that we 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 have like intercontinental ballistic missiles in Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> like that's one of my favorite cutscenes where you just see a freaking nuclear a nuclear warhead flying through the sky and just decimating a medieval castle like ISIS the, just the, jav- the javelins of light and the like and then you go into the you go into the Agarthan city and it's just dubstep blasting in your ear with all these modern <laughs> cubic like lights and stuff going everywhere with electric generators and like where are we right now what happened that scene I, I want to get into that more because I actually uh, spoke with Mason. I believe it was Mason and some other people before about that kind of thing. But for the last, you know, that was just my, I think it was just my uh, favorite. Just, I guess, them being reliable if I want to be going down to that level at least. It was just Ignat. I find it funny that's Golden Deer mainly. But I don't know. I just find it cool that he's like trying to uh, become his own person. But he needs the help of his friends to like become his own person, because yeah. because mm-hmm. I understand like because there are gonna be moments where I could be relating to that as well. Like I feel like I'd be doing this to because I believe it's best for my family. But then like I gotta get like a, a talk to from time to time to realize that I gotta be my own person and do my own like I gotta have my own destiny yeah, to deal right. with. And seeing that with him was also pretty cool. So, oh yeah. I think another reason that, you know, the connections in Fire and the dialogue is so good is because I, I don't know if this is like it with other games. Maybe you can uh, you can clarify. But in Three Houses, it's like every person has like a connection to someone else in some way, whether familiar, familiar, familial or no. Like Mercedes is the secret sister of the Death Knight, you know, Sylvain's brother is one of the first villains uh, that you fight in the game, and then you kill, and he turns into a demonic beast. Caspar and Linhart are lifelong friends. Uh, 
what Bernadetta and uh, Yuri met yeah. when they were really young, and they never realized until like, well, Yuri probably knew, but Bernadetta had no idea. Uh, yeah, Edelgard and uh, Dimitri are step siblings. Yes. Yes, I believe that's Dimitri that was and Claude in the lore are distant cousins. What? What? Yeah, that's yeah because um his house Regan broke off from Blated, so they're distant cousins in the lore. Oh, that's right. Like in the deep that's confines crazy. of the lore, they're distant cousins. That's right. That's right. I mean, yep. Yeah, there's that too. There's the, uh, <laughs> there's the there's the really old church people who are related to the these big beasts that you fight in some of the paralog missions. Uh, you know, people have secret identities. People have you know you have hilda and her brother who we never see for some reason and then hilda and balthus who have a relation like everyone has like some historical like past relationship with other characters at least a few other characters before we get to them and i feel like that makes them more like complex and deep and they have like more uh you know dimensions to them as you get to know them because of other characters bouncing off of them and i think that's that was a good design decision you didn't, you didn't even mention um, Ingrid, Sylvain, and Felix. That's the one I feel like they harp on the most. Oh, that's true. I mean, they're all... That's just the, the, the amigos right there. <laughs> it's the, the, three, the three pals. Well, I mean, Dimitri's in there, too, so the... Is he? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> Is he? I he's, too busy so. having a, he's, too, he's too busy having a bowl cut in the castle. I feel like he's on his own little path. He's too busy being the board prince. Mm-hmm. Another reason I hate Felix is that he won't shut up about calling him the Boar Prince. I like it. I like the I like that he's a prick to Dimitri. Someone's gotta. He's a prick I to mean, everyone. It's know? true. It's true. Uh, I have some. I could go on for another hour talking about how I don't like Felix, but we'll, <laughs> it's we're we're already at the almost at an hour and a half mark. So good. Let's keep going. I, I won't. I won't. I, again, I've sidetracked this conversation so much that I should probably let Alejandro, uh, you know, take control back of his own podcast. It's all good. But uh, now moving on to that uh, topic that you kind of like me, uh, maybe thought about was, do you guys, uh, oh, how do I say this? Explain it in the right way. Okay, because I've seen some theories and I was thinking, okay, maybe there's something that, not like totally out there but one that kind of made slightly more sense to me was Rhea's uh, whole dominion over what was it Fogland in general yes. okay yeah. Poland yeah, I'm just trying to remember because so many locations so many names yes um her whole dominion over the place like okay we can't like some part of me is thinking maybe she didn't want like uh Poland to have like outside world contact that much and partially maybe the reason why um they're still like using swords, um, axes, and bows and such. And while we see missiles being used in the freaking Fire Emblem game, I'm just thinking maybe the outside world is more advanced than what's going on in uh, Fogland, and they just they're just not aware of it yet. But now that at the end, I think depending on who it is or it doesn't matter, Fogland will be more open to outside contact now. Mm-hmm. And it could probably open up new technology to them. If I don't know, I just want to like hear what you guys think like about that kind of theory. Yeah, I mean, we know that Bridget and Dad. What what's Shamir's homeland again? Dagdar. Dagdar. I was gonna say Dagger. I'm I'm too focused on heroes right now. 
<laughs> but we know Bridget is seemingly on the same level of advancement as as Fodlin is, and I, I guess it's technically like an outside force, more of like a satellite state, maybe. I think they call it like an individual colony. Yeah, but they're mm-hmm. kind of like they have their influence over it recently because. I think Petra just recently got to the school because she's technically like a political hostage almost. Essentially. Uh, and then you have, uh, you know, you have uh, Dagdar, which is even further to the uh, never eat uh, uh, west of <laughs> of Bridget. Uh, and they seem they lost a war against, you know, seemingly I, I think it was like Fodlin or, or Bridget. So they're I feel like they're on also the same level of technology as well. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I don't know if technology is necessarily like far superior in in the outside place, uh, but uh, you know, Agarthans are weird and they have kind of like really weird dark powers and stuff. So I feel like they, it might be exclusive to them. I was gonna I was gonna say like they say in the story they spent like, they spent like thousands of years just preparing all this stuff to take back Fodlin and dark magic always in any fantasy game ever is always seems to be more advanced than white magic like if you're yeah. just ev- like if you're just evil mm-hmm. you tend to have the advantage so much so they were able to recreate the hero's relics which I can't imagine is no light feat that's true I forgot because that's what everyone in the final golden deer battle is wielding is like folk uh weapons of of the of the relics yeah i just think it's something to do with the dark magic and obviously um tall's um oh what's his name and the what's what's edelgard's uncle oh yeah edelgard's uncle that's that's a secret identity of Thals. yeah I, I forget his name it's gonna drive me wild but as mason dies as Ma- <laughs> I, he, he's obviously an advanced sorcerer because he's able to like launch violet off the cliff at the monastery even with the sword of the creator yeah. So I think with him leading the charge, they're able to obviously get more advanced with technology. But I do think you bring up a good point where, at the end of the game, Fodlin is seemingly it's break it's broken free from Rhea's like death grip on it, where it's just all about Fodlin, what stays within Fodlin, all that stuff. Where it does get opened up more so to the outside world now, with depending on what route you chose, Petra and Bridget, Claude and Almira, whatever's going on in Dagdar. If Claude and Shamir end up being romance, I know they, he goes over there. I do think, yeah, if we're getting back to sequel talk, that could be a leading point behind what could possibly be a sequel. Yeah, maybe uh, a region outside of Fodlin, but you know, still near enough to it. Yep. Something like that. Uh, I remember I had a similar theory whenever I played through Golden Deer. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that the outside world wasn't more advanced, but uh, the it's kind of like a second world in a sense where it's like a, the entire world went into like World War Three, and like missiles destroyed everything and sent us back to like a, a, a kind of like back to the swords and lances days. And then this is like the world coming back from it. And it's not that they're not having access to the outside world. It's that there's nothing to access outside. Yeah. This is like the last Bastion. kingdom. It's a bit more dark. It's like well, everything yeah, out there I mean, is just irradiated and dead and nothing. I mean, the Agarthans did have a battle with the you know followers of of Sothis and the god and the goddess, and they seemingly won because they killed all of the saints and used their bones to make weapons and shit. 
rad. Which is <laughs> holy shit. <It's> crazy. <laughs> they literally ripped they ripped out this this little girl god's spine and put it into a sword and was like, "Here, Nemesis, you can take this." Uh, but yeah, I uh, I feel like that could, that could work. That could be why like a lot of the technology because I th- the the children of the gods must have pushed back because they pushed them underground, so they must have like must some crazy shit must have gone down. And assuming they had the same technology that they do now, which. May or may not be true because, like Colby said, they've been preparing for thousands of years to, to do this. So maybe they developed that that technology in that time. But I feel like that theory could hold some ground depending on the the technology used in that really ancient battle, uh, where it, the rest of the world, you know, what's this his name, Thomas, and like the Golden Deer fight, whatever his name was, when they go when he goes evil. Oh, Thomas. Like, Thomas. Yeah. Oh, Solon. Solon, that yeah, the Solon. librarian. He like on his dying breath launches like eighty missiles at <laughs> where they're at. Right. He also seals like, Byleth in like a realm of darkness. Or, like, yeah, that's never explained that's, either. That's like, never explained. The, the void of Zaharas or whatever. That's exactly what it's called. Yep. I don't. Th- they also said like they were augmenting their bodies or something as well, which I don't think is ever Cyborgs, explained. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I think it was more like so they could blend in, like Krania did. Uh, I think. There was like, oh, the secret of their bodies another, or whatever. That's another character just gets no elaboration. Yeah, because he's like, oh, I need to sacrifice. I'm going to kill you, and now I'm going to send this guy into a void, and now he's going to break time and space and carve out an exit for himself. It's I'm like, fucked. What? <laughs> like, the fell, the fell star name itself isn't really explained, but it obviously refers to Byleth. Like, there's a lot in this, there's a lot of mysteries in this game that it really, even in the expanded lore, aren't all answered, I don't think, which is. You know, intriguing but also frustrating because I really, I really want to know the answers to them. Right. <laughs> but you know, and all for a good, that, all for a good like, story. What is with that Tron area? That that Tron fight. The, yeah, <laughs> the Garthian city. Yeah, it's like, where's this technology coming from? Yeah, I, I have no idea. And then you have those giant ass mech robots with those giant <laughs> lances too that are a bitch to defeat. It's the eleven. It's the eleven hundred. So I know they're not there. Like I, I was about to say when I saw that, I was like, "What is <laughs> yeah, that, this? That, is that, this that, fire emblem?" That took me out of the game for a minute. I'm like, "This is really weird." <laughs> it's the most anime playthrough I've ever had. I know. I love how like again, <laughs> Death Knight. That's another really good battle when you have to pursue the Death Knight through the, the fortress. Uh, but like he's like, hey, look over there, and you look in the sky, and it's like, oh, fucking tactical nuke inbound. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the same. I think there's a soldier who like in the cutscene right after that who looks on and like laughs almost with like a. He's like, huh. that was my reaction <laughs> to seeing a nuke destroy that castle. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> what even- era are we living in? Even Hubert's like, this was not part of the plan. We were going to beat them, but we weren't going to blow them to another country. I don't know. I think Hubert might be the type who's like, all right, yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Edelgard's like, this is awful. Hubert's like, eh. Hubert's like, uh, uh, yes, of course. Yes, my, yes, of course. It that is. was my plan, yes. <laughs> that was totally not what I wanted to do. But anyway, seems we may never know. If it's if it's that unlikely uh, that unlikely to get a sequel, we may never know those mysteries answers. I I think I think I don't think they're going back to Fodland. I don't think so either. It'd be really cool if they did though. 
Mm-hmm. Police Maybe a shame to like let some of that lore go to waste. Yeah, they got they open up so more uh, so much opportunity with that kind of land. Yeah, what I think would be cool is if they like in in uh, subsequent games that they reference like events that happened in and they keep, they keep it in the same timeline. Yeah, but not they don't like outright say things that would only happen in one route. So they like reference like uh, some things that happened before the time skip. Ah, uh, yeah. That you know, that would kind of limit what time period it would take in. But again, I think that would be really cool because it's like, oh god, what routes going on could be going on right now in this universe? Like, what could be going on down there? But <sighs> I'd be interested to see. Um, I'd be interested to see if they put some games that are placed in either Duskar or Omira because oh. oh, Dusker. Oh yeah, that could be another thing for a prequel too. You lived through the tragedy of Dusker. Well, that'd be kind of sick. Oh, that'd be amazing if they kind of, like either they explore what was going on before or leading up to it, yeah, during it or the aftermath. Like, just I don't know, they just have so much opportunity with the uh, with these kind of locations they made. They really do. Or they could also kind of explore like uh, soldier, um, some random soldiers or a random peasant who just uh decided to rise up alongside Claude when if he went to Amira to help. I guess unify everything, but had to like battle all that. Like I don't know. I just feel like there's so much they can do. You know, the battle of Claude versus racism, the the lifeline <laughs> struggle. That does, yeah. That again, that kind of harps on the point that the if they were gonna go back, like it just makes sense to build off the Claude timeline, which I guess in a way would make it the canon timeline because he just wants his one goal is to unify, like I guess the world, like in yeah. the same way Edelgard wanted to take over the world. Like I guess his one goal is to just unify the entire single the world. So. I don't know if he'd do that by conquest, which could be interesting. Yeah, that would be an interesting change of tune for him. They, they, they just turn they just turn Claw into Alexander the Great. Like, oh, that was pretty easy. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go pay Bridget there. a visit you... now. Mason, Mason's theory is right, where everyone like outside of Folden Almira is just like shirtless peasants working, like eating carrots for dinner, and Claude's like, Jesus, like <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> what happened? It's a, two, it's a two hour, it's a two hour game where Claude's like, oh my god, like this was easy. Like literally, the only resistance you meet is like level one, like farmers with pitchforks. <laughs> like Claude. like Judith is like Claude, please, I I think we should stop this. <laughs> He's like they have, all for, all for unification. They have torches and shovels. I have a bow, literally made of a goddess's like spine. I think I think we got this, guys. Uh, that would be probably my favorite Fire Emblem game if it ever came out. <laughs> to be honest, but amazing. Unfortunately, we can't have nice things. So, what about you two? Do you think that we're ever going back to Fodlin, like within the next five years? I sure hope so. I'd love to see more of it. If we do, it won't be for a while. Of course. Do you think it's the best Fire Emblem game? Considering I only played that game, along with only Fire Emblem Blazing Blade and Shadow Dragon Blade of Light, yeah, that would be the best game to me. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I was about to say, it's obviously ours because only one we've played. It's a but, top ten game for me all time. Like, it's oh yeah, no, it's like t- I easily top, probably top five for me. But uh, I, I hope it gets surpassed by the next entry in the series. I hope they they really up their game. Uh, I feel like it's going to be hard to follow up uh, three houses with 
with a brand new like Fire Emblem game. Yeah. I mean, I think they can do it, but I think it's going to be a challenge. It's the same point that you made on the Outcast podcast two weeks ago, where would you rather take? Would you take? Would you just want to make something completely new, or do you want to run the risk of going back and possibly messing up something that people universally love? Right, the remake versus new game argument. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, all we can do is speculate, and speculation is exhausting if done for too long. But you know, I'm content to sit and wait. I have, I have confidence that they'll, they won't let the series just nearly die out like they like it almost did before. Well, well they're, they're they're really taking their time, which I think is a great thing because they i think they're just gonna let three houses like bathe in the sun here for a little bit and then we might not even get fireman news until next year which it'll have been three years since it launched and mm-hmm. quite possibly alongside a switch pro like maybe they're just waiting for that so they can like buff it up a little bit more because the graphics in three houses are atrocious like the in yeah i was about to say outside of the cutscenes, like the in-game graphics are rough yeah I'm, they, I they serve their purpose like again Graphics aren't the most important thing in a game. This game is a prime example of that, where its other aspects, like far and beyond, make it greater than the sum of its parts. But yeah, the the in-game graphics do leave it a little bit to be desired, even what with that it? caveat. Especially the fruits. Especially the PNG flat texture fruit <laughs> uh, in the marketplace. What about a Fire Emblem game that's like uh, Breath of the Wild? I mean, obviously, that would be super cool. Uh, I mean, every, again, the next step in every single game being coming Breath of the Wild eventually. I love that. Uh, <laughs> big fan. Big fan of that plan. But I'm a huge fan of game companies. Like, Let's just make our games good. I mean, that would be super cool because I feel like it'd be more of a... It'd be kind of like Genshin Impact in a way where it's not like it's not like one person isolated in a world. Like, it's a very populated world and they're going to be like way bigger battles i assume because you know fire Emblem's all about huge sprawling wars mm-hmm. so well we just that... saw with um final fantasy 7 you can make like you can make an open world game with turn-based elements yes uh i was about to say there there's been a lot i think they're what action rpg is the same is yeah. kind of like the yes. title uh trials of mana one of my personal favorites is also like that uh i feel like it's becoming an increasingly popular genre and i think I think it would be a good fit for Fire Emblem to, to kind of go towards that area of, yeah, more open. It would be difficult because Fire Emblem has, is less of an RPG and more of a strategy game, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's a meld of the two, and sometimes they're hard to differentiate, but I don't know. I think, I think a Breath of the Wild-esque Fire Emblem game would be pretty sick. Not going to lie. It would be. We're already getting a Pokemon one, so... That's true. Again, not? make every single Nintendo series Breath of the Wild. That is, that is the goal. Speaking of Pokemon, I think I might actually try out the Platinum or Diamond. I don't know. Like one of the weird Diamond names for Diamond for a remake. The, the yeah, remake. I, I think I might actually try it out. Like I no longer care about the Shibi thing. Like I think it's just like a little cute thing now. So I'm like, you know what? I think the main thing is just the game itself. Like that's what matters. Oh, I'm gonna play it regardless of the TV shit. Oh yeah, a lot of do. <laughs> dude, it's, it's my favorite gen. It's hip hop talking to himself level 100. Someone's gotta do it. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, lots of stuff. <laughs> one, uh, I don't know. You guys think I have one more, two more questions, or 
Let's do it. Oh, yeah, dude. Let's go for it. This is your summit thing at some point. All right, just a fun I was about to say, I figured that would be the finale. I'm not going to lie. I did it and got a bronze. I just didn't care to tell anybody. <laughs> oh, you did? Damn. Damn, man. I actually got the five orbs that I needed. <laughs> In the meantime? In oh, an hour good. and a half. Mason didn't about. say anything for a half hour. Little did we know he was just grinding. <laughs> well, that means Colby will have to spend an additional five gems. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. I, was, I, was doing the vo- I was doing the voting gauntlets. Oh, right, oh. right. Oh, All right. What about that? Who are you guys voting for? <laughs> oh Reese. yeah, that's the one. I that's the, I remember early on in the Reese. episode. I said, "Oh no, screw that Reese. flame, baby." <laughs> I'm team flame for sure. I'll take a look right now. But uh, what you what were your questions? Yeah. Okay. Who do you guys? Okay. Since I'm I'm somewhat sure if some of you guys like didn't recruit some students from the other. Uh, how's it before you know you do your route or the time skip? What well, did you guys have to sacrifice some of your favorites that you didn't know were gonna be your favorites? Oh, oh, my Sac- first pl- my first playthrough is just such a it's all sacrifices. Colby was a Colby was a bloodbath. His first playthrough, <laughs> it, it it was rough. I think my only three surviving units were, like obviously Professor Edelgard, Ingrid, who I recruited, and. I think that's it. Those are only three that survived because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I yeah, I was about to say I I knew about the permanent death mechanic, and Colby Colby never like used time like the time pulse mechanic. Oh yeah, my entire first playthrough, I never once traveled back in time to save like, somebody. He never used never? divine pulse. Once. No, because I flew through the instructions and like okay, kill, I got this. <laughs> so oh, no. that's why he lost everybody. But yeah, no, uh, Heinz, uh, in retrospect, uh, yeah, losing Petra sucked. I'll say it. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, like, I knew this was going to be my first. When, going in, like, as soon as I, like, started getting into the groove, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get attached to these guys. I need to be serious about this so I don't lose them. So I have not lost anybody in my playthroughs. I haven't lost a single person. Nice. I've used every... <laughs> <laughs> I've used every divine pulse that I had to, and I always found a way to get around uh, any obstacle that I had. Until I got to, I think the final battle of the Blue Lions route. Oh my god! Uh, I just, I just couldn't. Like I would redo it and redo it. I just couldn't find a way to get by because there was one. What well, one? Edelgard can hit you from across the from across the entire map constantly. Yeah. So she's bombarding yeah. you with shit. That's annoying. And then there's that one Agarthan wizard. Who always brings you down to one health immediately? I think I know what you're talking about. I hate that one too. Every time, and I, uh, it was a simple strategy that I finally came up with. I gave Dimitri a throwing lance that I found and that I still had in my in my uh, arsenal, and I just I used him and a dance, and I just threw him completely into enemy lines. Like he was surrounded by five guys at the time, but I got rid of that wizard. Really? Then nice. That was how it. You didn't think to use stride on a cavalry unit? <laughs> I didn't. U- I never used stride. Oh, geez. I, I didn't like, even know what my, it did. That's my that's my go to gambit. That gives your that gives any unit plus five movement. Oh, oh yeah, gambit. I I really didn't make use of gambits very well in my first. But I I did not like pay attention to them at all. I'm like, okay, this one has like oh they're called the battalions, they, but yeah, gambit. Oh yeah, sorry, 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 uh, battalions. But I was like, oh, this one covers the most area and does the most damage. Boom, you're on my unit. <laughs> I never did like the support gambits. So uh, 
movement was a bit of a struggle for me, especially with armored characters, which I never used anyway. So good. I mean, I didn't even know about combat art until like my second playthrough. Oh, right. There's just so much to learn. Uh, but it, but like not knowing something doesn't like completely cripple you for the rest of the game, which is nice. Yeah, it is. And I think I did pretty well on my first playthrough for Golanir. It's just that I only recruited some units from the other houses. I didn't know about the whole killing off other Yeah. Units. And so I felt really bad. I was thinking, <laughs> my God, I am a monster. I should have, I just, just gave them feathers so they yep. could come to my house. Like, yeah. All they want was some feathers, man. I recruited one person my first playthrough. I recruited Dorothea because she was the only one that I. I kind of randomly recruited her. Yeah, sure. That's yeah. why you recruited her. Relax. Uh, <laughs> but she was the only one I recruited for for that. And then, and then I, I think what the first student you have to kill is Bernadetta in at the Battle of Grander. Dude, oh, <laughs> and you, you I know. was like, and she said like, I don't want to be here or like something like that. I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me right now. I don't oh, want to do this. I had absolutely no mercy on Bernadetta. I purposely <laughs> atrocityed with Dimitri, hoping to get oh. his crest out double the damage. So I got like 400 damage on Bernadetta. It was like 39 health. I'm like, this is amazing. Damn. In contrast, I vowed to never not recruit Bernadetta ever again. So in every other playthrough, I've always made sure to, that she was on my team before the time skip happened. But yeah, I guess that's the closest thing I get to like a sacrifice was my first experience killing another student. <laughs> but it's rough. It is rough. That's not rough. What about you, Mason? You, you or you're just like I there are no sacrifices. Just death. <laughs> Even if I sacrifice someone, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> they were my enemy. Fuck them. Wow. <laughs> uh the heartless will always be the victors. <laughs> but. All right, then. Then, okay, for my very last question. How do you guys feel about the monastery uh, mechanic? Like, do you, uh, think, do you think kind of like after mobile playthroughs, it kind of like drags on for you? Or do yes. you guys still love it? Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, you, you go ahead, Colby, since you answered first. It's. It's a great idea, and it, mm. it it does add a lot of new elements to the game that weren't in previous Fire Emblem entries. It is also your primary way of interacting with the characters, recruiting, uh, developing combat arts. You know, just getting to know more about the characters. And if you had, if you take anything away from this conversation, is that this game is absolutely carried by its characters. It's still a great yes. game, but the characters really do make it what it is. But I gotta be honest. After the time skip, I just, I all I would do is boost morale and just get the hell out of there. I didn't, I didn't really care. Especially in my, especially in my later playthroughs, I would just spend all my activity points on battling and leveling up because that's all I cared about. And even some days I would just like skip and do seminars. But I do think it's a great idea. They just need to tinker with it a little bit before in development. I read that instead of the ten activity points max per day you use it you get 30 activity points per month that was the original idea so so if you do so if you spend five activity points on your first um like free day you've 25 for the rest of the month that you can use across battling seminars all that stuff they scratch that eventually and just went with the 10 points but 
10 points is just a lot. I wish like the max was like five or six because you don't, you don't know, I don't know what to do with 10 points and the DLC stuff obviously helps adds more to it, but yeah, it drags pretty quickly. I, I think that the monastery system of like a hub world should stay because I think it's a nice way of kind of separating the, you know, having a clear separation between like the battling and the bonding with your units portions of the game. I think it's a good way to kind of, you know, house that element in a realistic scenario, you know, like you have a hub base, you have a home base, that's the time you're going to be, you know, bonding with your units and not on the battlefield where there are actual like enemies trying to kill you. Uh, but I think they should improve it a little bit. I don't think the activity points should stick around. I think they should replace it with a different uh, system. But I, I enjoyed it was a little daunting at first because the monastery is pretty big and yeah. the map, the map itself isn't super helpful in getting around all the time. Uh, like there are some like interior areas that I just didn't even know existed for like two whole playthroughs. Uh, but I think having a hub world would still be good uh, in a, in a game like this. So it never really got too bad for me because I enjoyed like, I enjoyed the grind of it. I enjoyed like, having so many activity points that like I'm going to level up these guys like and they're going to be unstoppable killing machines uh, and I have no problem with just grinding out a few quests to make sure I do this next battle right and not lose anybody uh, so I think it should stay but I think it should be overhauled slightly I am iffy about it I liked it for the first half when it's like the school and it's like you go out you do a mission and then you come back to the school and prepare for the next mission all that. It's fine. But when it got to the war part, I was like, this doesn't make much sense. We're going out. Like, there should be... I feel like it should have been, like, camps. I agree. It makes no sense that's, for you to leave your territory and go all the way back to the monster and then go all the way back out. Yeah, in a single true, day. Yeah. yeah. All across the country in a day. Like, it should have been camps all throughout while you're progressing. Instead of just the monastery over and over again. I yeah, feel like they I, could have done a lot with that. I like think when the, the uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, like whenever you do a Black Eagles route, and all of you guys go to that like that little fort area, should have been more stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I like I, that idea. I would say that probably comes down to budget because that's a lot of hub worlds to you know get together, and I assume, and it's obvious that this game didn't have the biggest budget slash time frame to get done uh, which makes it all the more impressive what they were able to do with it uh, but you know I, I think that came to, that would come down to a budget thing uh, obviously it'd be better but you know them only having to reuse like one hub world but they can still like reposition the characters in different places and uh, things like that I feel like you know that was kind of a a way to save save resources but uh, I do agree that those camps would be a really cool idea because I think we also had like what the forward camp after you side with Edelgard mm-hmm. for the first time. Uh, you have that forward camp, and then you have the you know the main resistance base, uh, the, the Black Eagle or the uh, strike team, whatever Edelgard named her, uh, the force. Black Eagle Black. Strike Force. Yeah. Was it the Black Eagle Strike Force? <laughs> I think that's really funny. But uh, yeah, I think I think that's a really good idea. Actually, that's pretty good. But you, Alex. 
after a while, like, I was loving the monster thing, but I think after I was done with all the house, well, three, wait, no, yeah, three house routes and then the one church route, I was sort of kind of like a bit exhausted from just like constantly seeing my bylaw running around, doing all <laughs> these little chores. Like, first yeah. you gotta go to the gazebo, then you gotta go to your students. Then when you got like, extra points, you either want to do a tournament, and then uh, either learn some new skills from the teachers. But wait, you got some stuff already maxed out, so now you gotta go to the other professors, but they're not That's available. It's yeah. it like, what am I doing? Like, this is what this is what a real professor does. I don't need to like get that. <laughs> I don't need <laughs> that experience in my Fire Emblem game. <laughs> That's true. The the tedious of it does get a little glaring, but. Yeah, I think the, after the time skip, they could have done something like a bit more easy to deal with. But I, but I guess I understand like why they had the monster thing in the first place. I guess story wise, I'm perfectly fine with the first like the reunion battle at the monastery because that like f- that like fulfills the promise. Like the whole big thing is reconnecting is the big promise they made five years ago. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. I'm fine with you starting out the monastery, but like Mason said, like, as you progress throughout each territory, you should be able to, like, have different, like, set up camps. Because that, that's what actually, like, happens. Like, you don't want too much real life elements in your video games, but that would make the most sense. Yeah. I don't I know. Agree. That's just kind of crazy. Just to imagine, like, a, ma- a big ass army going, like, to these different locations, but then going right back to. Yeah. Oh, right back like, to all right, let's go all the way back now. Yeah. And the Wait, monastery is, like, dead center in Fodlan, also. So, like. Or if you're, or yeah, or if you're gonna do that, span it out so the war isn't six months. Make it like a year and a half, so it like makes more sense. Right. 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 My goodness, it sounds tiring. Just, just I mean, <laughs> a bit ridiculous and time, uh, time wise as well. Because there will be some battles like, oh, we just had a major battle, but like all of a sudden, like I guess in a day or so, whatever, they just rush right back to the monster. I'm like, how's this possible? Like, what? Does everyone have Pegasus? Like, or? <laughs> like, oh, maybe they. Ha- I mean, they do have battalions of. They can have battalions of like, just squads of Pegasus knights. So, maybe. Maybe you went there, did the battle, and came back all in one day. Oh, oh that's day. true because it is just a calendar day, isn't yeah. it? Then you move on to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they got some major teleportation music. I mean, magic they still haven't shown yet. I mean, we don't. We only know they could teleport one person at least. Yeah. It's split oh, yeah, in hairs, but these are the hairs that need to be split. Yeah, the, <laughs> that's true. As I say, the Agarthans can kind of come in and go whenever they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they have like that Mega Man fucking uh, teleportation-looking thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly I had an elaboration, but you know, it's probably best that I forgot because I don't want to ramble on any more than I have been this entire time. And I'm so sorry. We're nearing two hours. I feel really bad. Oh, don't worry about it. That's all good. That's content. And that's pretty much like how this podcast is. We kind of take a bit of our time. At least like when we first started. But I guess we can move on now to summoning. I mean, Mason already did his, though. No, I haven't done mine yet. I'll do it. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hash out the five orbs. I got it ready. It's, Shoot him in the battle. I have to summon the battle. I have to surrender. <laughs> I'm going back. What? <laughs> I was leveling up my units. Okay, I'm ready. All right, boys. Where are we summoning at? Uh, I assume we're summoning on the, the dogger banner, the right? All right. Mythic banner. Uh, who wants to go first? I I suppose I'll, I'll go, go first. first. 
Oh, okay, you uh, go. Okay, you go ahead. Or rock, paper, scissors? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. He's like, okay. Okay, okay, go ahead. One, two, three. What's that? Oh, this isn't working. <laughs> this is not this working, is not working. <laughs> very well. All right, you just go first. Okay. All right. Which one should I do? Oh, what do you got? You don't okay, have dogger got, yet, right? You got good colors. No, I do not. I vote green. I don't have a green. I need a green for Edelgard, but... What, what do you guys think, guys? I vote green, so it's... I... Oh, I got the worst kind of colors. <laughs> Gray? Oh, uh, red? Everything but green. Yep. <laughs> Mason, go green. Uh, green. Come All on, right, dog. What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> Shit, it's three stars. Oh, uh, damn. It's All Mufasa. Right. Mustafa, I'm sorry. All <laughs> right, one one lad down. This guy. Three to go. I, yeah. I know that, man. All right, uh, Alejandro, I think you uh, may be the next contestant. What do you guys like? Uh, oh, I'd say, I'd say blue. I, I, want, I'd I was going to go blue as well. Yeah. Uh, you right. might get that. Uh, what's her name? Lucina. Who's really good. Oh, Lucina. Well, Lucina's really good. Alright, let's go. Well, that might change up my five three blue. I might just ha go hammer here, see if I can get it. Ah, it's three stars. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, three yeah. stars all over the place. Uh, I get her all the good time. Though. I get her a lot, too. I like five stars right now. She's a good defensive flyer. Alright. Alright, Colby. She's good defensive flyer. What, what, what do you got? What's I'm your taking a, all right, uh, taking, I'm picking a blue, right, left, or down. Right. Right? Right. Fuck it, right. All right, blue, right. Hopefully we get... Going for Lucina, baby. Oh, fuck, I got Ferdinand. <laughs> hey, there he is. We were just talking about him. I got the noblest of nobles. All right, so <laughs> I got... So finally comes to me. This is, it does. This is the time. I got two grays of red, blue, and green. 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 Okay, thank God. I was. See I, if you get a third one. A th another dogger. Okay, come on. I'm I'm slashing your tires if you get a third one. I'm letting the whole animation. <laughs> I'm letting the whole animation play. Come on. Uh nope. Frederick, three stars. Damn, what's with the three uh, three stars today? Oh man, that was really anticlimactic. I got the highest one. Four stars. <laughs> yeah, you got you got you got third. You win. Oh no, my luck yes. is now passed to you. You got bragging right now. <laughs> oh, do. luck. I pulled Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Alright, well. That was, well everyone, that was a live summoning. Welcome. Yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Welcome to the live summoning of four summons. <laughs> for a combined, uh, for a combined 13 good. stars. <laughs> oh, com yeah, a combined 13 stars. Oh. But. Well, huh. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us and doing a live summoning with us. That was amazing in its own way. <laughs> of course. Thank like anytime, guys. Anytime. Yeah, it's always good. Uh, Absolutely. We've had the uh, absolute honor of uh, of through this podcast that we started. You know, we've met we've met these wonderful guys, and and you know, we've we've really hit it, we've really hit it off in our little podcast friendship i think we we've realized we had a lot in common especially fire emblem so it's been really great uh just you know 
connecting with these guys and doing things like this. And then, you know, we've had them on our podcast as well and vice versa with the draft, I believe. Yeah, the draft was the first time uh, you guys yep. had, had come on, and which is really fun, and as was this. So uh, thank you for putting up with uh, me personally for nearly two hours uh, and just for having us on and, and having us shoot the breeze about uh, some of our favorite games. Yeah, that's how I said thank you guys so much. This is It's always a treat to go on another podcast and just shoot the breeze for however long. And my only request is when we do the Pokemon Cloud next, I need Fred on here so I can beat his ass in the submission. <laughs> is that is that a demand that can be met? For talking shit on every starter I care about. <laughs> I mean, that was me too. I was, that was crazy. Just the whole Twitter thing. Like, you guys are saying, like, this is Al- atrocious. <laughs> Alex took 12 hours off and the world just went to shit. Yeah. <laughs> you missed one podcast. Dude. He's like, yeah, I, like I, gotta, I gotta work today, guys. You guys got this. No, they didn't. And they came back and just, and like, when he opened up Twitter, his phone caught fire immediately. Started yeah, a war. I, I just woke up. I was like, what just happened? You guys saw the memes. I was like posting it on the whole thread. <laughs> I was just getting bringing pizza and then like everyone's like earning my fire like what the hell? <laughs> I mean hey, this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. I mean hey, I feel like that's part of the fun is the is the banter that I guess I guess we kind of the three of us the three podcasts uh, you guys us and the outcasts are kind of you know we've gotten a little bit of a, a Twitter discourse going on which is always fun. Uh, gives I mean it gives me a reason to check Twitter every day at least so I can thank you guys for that. Right. Uh, but yeah. yeah, again, uh, one final thank you to you guys. It's it's been a great time as always. No problem. Um, anything you guys want to plug in, or is anything like any of your podcasts before you go? No, uh, I'm kidding. We'll do something. We'll do a little something. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you guys are, are interested in checking out our podcast, uh, it is the Switch It Up podcast. You can find it uh, wherever you find uh. This podcast that you're listening to right now, it's probably on the platform as well. Uh, and we just ask that you, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, we think that you will like uh, the content we make as well. Uh, so in that way, our two podcasts can kind of support each other and and have uh, like audiences as well and have more collabs like this. So, uh, Colby, unless you have anything more to add, I feel like I've hogged a lot of the time of this episode. So please uh, relieve the audience of my voice, if you will. I'm going to spare them and just tell them, don't follow our Twitters. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> I was about to say, if, it's a dangerous game. Yeah, don't but, do it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're the cool podcast, because have you seen anyone else interact with, uh, with each other like we do? Exactly. I was about to say, we, we have that luxury where we know a lot of other podcasts of similar sizes that we can just kind of... Uh, heckle each other on the on the on the bird app itself it's the so. only social media like i've been experienced where all of us know what's going on at the same time <laughs> Very yeah, nice. like, like we all know it's just like you know the, we're all the connection is just great. there right it's, it's really good and we're you know we can shit talk each other and be like yeah this is you know it's obviously not serious yes so. it's just like high school <laughs> I didn't interact with much people in high school, so this is like a completely different experience, which is amazing. In our high school, if you got made fun of, that means that you were liked, pretty much. Is that is that something that you can back up, Colby? Oh, uh, yeah. 
I just didn't realize that early enough, so I felt actually. Okay, this is not the time or place to talk about my high school. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much uh, for inviting us on, and uh, yeah, we we will be awaiting the next time we get to collab with you guys. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And for everyone listening, yeah, and me, Alejandro, Mason, Kobe, and Tyler from the Search Without Podcast, and. We hope you all enjoyed this episode. Thank you for listening. And yeah, please check uh, check these guys on podcast out. And you'll be hearing from us next time. Well, whenever. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, everybody. roughly an hour and 56 minutes of fireman talk if you're still listening thank you very much i am just here to give you guys current news since that was an older episode courtesy of player essence a video uh, made a video on youtube highlighting nintendo leaks and stuff of that nature nothing confirmed or anything like that but a zibbo blog which zibbo is i think that's his name i'm sorry if i'm mispronouncing it's in the video play it's in the player essence video you'll find it byleth is doing the fusing thing in the thumbnail it's pretty sweet but he said that there was a, there is that the next Fire Emblem game is done. It's been made. It's complete. It's just about ready to be put out. And it is a genealogy of the Holy War remake, which I believe is the fourth game in the Fire Emblem series of 17 or whatever mainline games. And it was made strictly by Intelligent Systems and that Koi Tecmo is working on the next like main mainline game, like a completely original story. Uh, past three houses is not it's, there's no nothing saying that it is a three houses sequel or anything like that just they're working on the next mainline game 
and that Teenage of the Holy War is essentially like a Link's Awakening. It's like a filler in between the main titles. And my opinion on it is, I don't know how well it's going to work or translate to a modern day like atmosphere. I, th- I brought this up on the episode that we recorded that got uh, <laughs> lost in history. Like the f- the Switch has been a, s- a console of reimagining and reinventing, and I don't know what they can do in this game that they didn't do in Three Houses because they completely, from what I've gathered about Fire Emblem knowledge, they just took the old formula apart and redid it and got Three Houses, and Three Houses is the most successful game in that entry sales-wise, and it's probably one of the best. And with Genealogy of Holy War, it's just been, it was out in 1996, and I was born in 2001, so... And the audience isn't that big; it was only in Japan. It would be a completely new game, which is a plus. You get people to buy it. Fire Emblem stocks at an all-time high right now with Heroes, Three Houses, Three Houses DLC. The next game coming, hopefully at E3 in a couple weeks. When the, hopefully, if this is it, it, is revealed at E3 in a couple weeks. But I don't know how well it's going to translate or what they can do to make it interesting enough to keep the Fire Emblem stock at an all-time high. You have characters like Sigurd and. Uh, Selif, I think Tyler miscorrected me on the old episode. Those are two characters that are well-known, and uh, they're recognizable uh, blue hair protagonists, so right along with the Fire Emblem line. I only I only know them from Heroes. I don't, those are only two characters I know from the story, to be honest. All my all my knowledge about this is from Heroes, just playing the mobile game. It's great lore-wise if you need another reason to play it. But yeah, Genealogy of the Holy War, I think, it has potential to succeed here, and it just depends on how they spice it up. Because now you have, do you go back to the old conventional ways of, of as it was in 1996 or even the old Fire Emblem games? Or do you continue to re-innovate these remakes and these remasters, if it is one of those two? Do you continue to implement these new ideas into those games? And that's what I think Intelligent Systems has asked themselves. And what they do with it is going to determine the success and whether or not people buy this game because... You know, pure game, pure gamers like Tyler and myself, we judge games based off what they actually are, but companies see it as sales, and how well this game sells will determine whether it's good or not, whether it's actually, like, at its core, a good game and fun to play. It's going to be the sale numbers that determine its success. You can kind of, see, kind of draw um, correlations in with Paper Mario, with the Origami King. Not a great game in either of our opinions, but sold pretty well for Paper Mario game. So I, I take it that Nintendo sees that as a success. It's going to be the same thing with Genealogy of the Holy War. And I hope it does well. I love Fire. I, I'm a lifelong fan of Fire Emblem now. It's a franchise I've invested myself in completely, which is something I couldn't have see, said, seen myself saying a couple of years ago. But, you know, a, lot, a lot's changed instead of my gaming landscape. And I just love the Fire Emblem lore and all the stories and everything it has, has going for it. I'd be really excited if this is the next... Fire Emblem game. We did talk about a couple weeks ago how the the Radiant games were the ones that were going to be remade and brought and not brought over there already in America in the West, but you know brought to the Switch, not ported, but like remastered and remade. There, again, it's the, it's the same thing with what I just said with Genealogy of the Holy War. Do you take the old ideas and keep it true, true and just re and just up the ante with you know how how it runs and frame rate and graphics and all that stuff, or do you take the new ideas from Three Houses and implement them into an older game. And I'd be interested to see what that looks like. I hope that's what it is because I'd appreciate them taking that chance with these older titles, especially one that has never been in the West before where there's a Fire Emblem fandom. So that's my opinion on it. Uh, what do you guys think? If you're listening, let me know in the 
with the links in the description. You can follow Tyler and I on the page, all that stuff down below. You're not going to hear Tyler say it, but and please leave a rating and review. I'm not going to use my birthday as an excuse. If you really do enjoy the episodes and you really do enjoy hearing us you know, spew about Nintendo and gaming for hour, hour and a half every day, or in this case, two hours, not every day, every week, but uh, it helps us out a lot. It gets us in the algorithm. You guys have been listening to us as far as reviews go. We've gotten a lot here in the past. It doesn't look like a lot, but we've gotten more than we have in the past couple of weeks, and it's really helped out the show as far as listens go, and we really do appreciate that. So thank you guys for everything we owe you, more than we can give you, and we hope that these episodes are enough to suffice that. So with that said, we will talk to you guys soon, and love you guys.